Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 59. It's a uh, younger sibling of 69. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going there, Kevin? <laughs> and it's titled, When and How to Talk to Your Partner About Sex. Ooh, another amazing episode that's coming. But before we dive into today's topic, let's introduce and say a big thank you to our sponsor. Um, this episode is brought to you by Sexual Mastery, the ultimate sexual rockstar system that guarantees you will go from average to superhero in the bedroom, ready to satisfy a woman in bed for your pleasure and hers by creating new levels of ecstasy and deeper intimacy. And you can find all about Sexual Mastery at powerandmastery.com slash sexual-mastery. So check it out. It's absolutely spectacular. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So, so we, we say very often in this show that um, we like to talk about topics that we're inspired about in the moment because something happened in life or whatever. So we had dinner with friends recently, and this topic came up about when and how to talk to your partner about sex. So uh, we are inspired once again <laughs> by real life, and we decided that uh, this is a topic actually that comes up quite a lot, so we should really cover it in a show. Um, there's, there's topics that come up all the time in conversations with friends. They're not necessarily all show-worthy, but this one was definitely show-worthy. <laughs> so we decided that we were going to break it down into really three parts. Um, so for those who are just dating and haven't had yet sex, like, how do you talk about sex? We'll look at that and, and what do you say and all of that. Then we're going to look at, well, how do you talk about sex when you've been in a relationship for a while and maybe you want something different? Ooh, that's when it becomes a little tricky. And then third, we will look at if you've been in a relationship for a long time and sex is more something of the past and you're ready to bring this back on track. So, um, yes, there are some similarities across all three scenarios. And there's also particular strategies that apply with each one of these. Yes. So let's start at the beginning. All which right. Which is uh, you just started dating and, and you haven't had sex yet. Ooh, how exciting. You remember dating and you're like, oh, my, maybe it had been months since you had had sex. and You were so excited because you were going to finally get some. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. I also remember that back in those days, you were just happy to have sex. You didn't even think about maybe I should have a whole conversation first. <laughs> well, and that's funny that you're saying that because I always had sex conversation because from a woman's perspective, I always took full responsibility for the outcome of sex. And whenever you have sex, there is a possibility of pregnancy. There is a possibility of STIs or anything like that. And because I invite somebody inside my body, I want to be very proactive about having the conversations that need to happen so that I avoid scenarios that I don't want. That is excellent advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that it was a little awkward when I was, you know, so I've never been on the pill. 
And so I've always used condoms and I've always uh, tracked my cycle. And that's how I know. So it works very well when you are in a committed relationship, you're taking your temperature, tracking your cycle. I mean, this is something that maybe I, I hope someday we'll do a full episode on that. Um, but this is this is not woo woo. This is like this is science backed and based and there's a lot of if you do it properly you look for three different signs it's very solid but the thing is when you are not in a committed relationship it's a little bit more difficult to introduce that subject and to you know have the trust that comes with that and all this so using condoms becomes really essential but because that has always been what I've used it's a conversation I had to have and in you know when you like I only start I was a late bloomer so I started having sex when I was 18 like literally like two weeks before I turned 18 so I can say I was 18 and um, it's like weird because you're like 18 and you're like awkward and then you're like well let's talk about pregnancy or what happens if there's an ejaculation how do we deal with a condom that breaks what are the steps because i truly believe that if you know ahead of time how to handle something that goes wrong it makes it much easier to deal with it because then you're not stuck in the emotional of it of like oh my god oh this happened it's like okay what are our steps we have the plan and we follow it well it also reduces the chances that something like that will happen right because what most people do is they just kind of wing it Mm -hmm. and they're just like yeah i can't wait to have sex can't wait to have sex and then in the moment when it happens the he'll look her in the eye and go uh should i use a condom you know you're on the pill right (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah or something like that and and then they'll just go for it and wing it and maybe it turns out good maybe it's a disaster who knows but Mm -hmm. that's kind of how most people approach it so what we suggest is something actually a bit different than that which is that you need to have these conversations right from the beginning. Now, one of the things that we were talking about when prepping for this show, though, is like, okay, let's say that you just met somebody, you're going out on the first date, you're sitting there at the restaurant having dinner, uh, do you immediately want to go, so... um, what kind of sex do you like? Like, is, is anal in your repertoire? It's like, are you into BDSM? Like, I, you know. Like I like that, it vanilla. How about you? <laughs> that may or may not be the most appropriate time to have that conversation. But you should at some point, like, you know, I think that as you're going through that process and you're getting to know each other, there's a certain point in time when you kind of make up your mind that, okay, this has potential for sex. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, they always say with women, right, like a woman knows in the first five minutes whether or not you're yes or no to having sex, and everything you do as a man thereafter is either um, uh, helping that or or hurting that chance, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, if... what you think about that, I know I've heard that said many times. It's it's probably true, um, and it depends really, again, of the woman, but it's true that we tend to know right away that this is a potential, this is somebody I would be open to have sex with, and then we start to, like, look for signs or compatibility or for, like, what is he doing? Is he, like, you know, because you might be open to having sex with somebody, but then they do lots of stupid things, and they're like, ah, is it really worth it? If you're just really horny, which has happened to me in the past, I was just like, I don't care, I'm just going to have sex and that worked out very badly but good you know like I mean I knew it was going to not be good sex but I just wanted to get laid and it worked out well so there you go guys (laughs) which is that if you knew each other already and she agrees to go out on a date with you she pretty much already has decided that she will have sex with you 
And everything that you do from that moment on is is either helping that or potentially destroying your chances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a big responsibility. Big there. responsibility. <laughs> but so anyway, the point is, is that at some point, as you realize that that's getting close, you need to have that conversation. Now, you don't necessarily need to jump in right away into the nitty gritty of it, mm-hmm. but you know, you you could maybe. Just start to talk about it at least. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that are nice are like if we were to have sex, like making it more as a, a, a potential, a possibility, you know, what would that mean to you? Like, does it mean we like uh, exclusive? Oh, this is a great question. So uh, we've talked in previous episodes about the elevator speech, you know, and, and all the things like, what is your testing history and blah, blah. And like, yes. we'll, we'll cover some more of that in this episode too. But, but what I love about what you just brought up is something that's been added very recently, at least in our own community, uh, in these conversations is that very question of if we have sex, what does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is even in a community full of like really sex positive people, this question really got people to stop for a minute and think about it and go, oh, I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you can make decision. You know, sometimes you're in a phase in your life where all you want is being able to explore sexuality, sexual expression, just want to be able to have no strings attached and have as many flavors of everything as you can. And then there are other times where you're really looking to settle with somebody or explore going depth and have a potential long term committed like life partner. And you approach these two relationships very differently. And I think what really matters is to know what you want, have clarity, and to take responsibility. So whether you're a man or you're a woman, what are you looking for? And being very honest with it. And here's the thing. If the other person is looking for a very committed relationship and that's not what you want in this life, uh, in this time, you need to be upfront about it and you need to gauge whether or not this is really something you want to explore or not because there are so many people right now living on this earth um, that it's really easy to find a a match to what you want so don't settle for something that's not fully what you want that's one of the things we always say is that there's somebody out there for everyone there really is and we've seen some really odd unique people who you think, wow, I mean, they're one of a kind, and mm-hmm. yet they found a second. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a fun story that you were going to share with our listeners here uh, to illustrate a little bit about what not to do and how we would do that. Oh, yeah. With yeah. the chick who grabbed his dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She is the chick who grabbed his dick. <laughs> So I, I have a friend, uh, and, and he's younger than I am, and he's very much in the dating scene. And so we talk all the time about his dating life, and he gives me updates a lot. So uh, he, was, he was dating this new woman, and it seemed like they had some pretty decent compatibility. There was definitely some attraction there. And every time that they would hang out, they would talk, they would you know, do dinner, they would do everything but anything sexual. Right. And then usually about the time when he was realizing it was getting kind of late and he should probably go home, she would suddenly like grab his dick or give him a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, when having a conversation, I said, well, you know, 
that's kind of a sign. <laughs> it's kind of a sign that she's sitting there waiting for you to make a move and you're not doing it. So right before you leave, she decides to grab your dick. <laughs> but that brought up another point, which is I said, okay, it's obvious now that she wants to have sex with you. So the question is, have you had a conversation about it? Like, okay, what does sex mean? What do we want to get out of this relationship? What kind of sex do we like? And of course, the answer was, well, no, we haven't yet, but next time. And then the next time, hey, did you have that conversation yet? Well, no, but, uh, you know, and so that went on That's and like on. Weeks. Yeah, and on. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the point of this particular story is, Okay, so maybe not over dinner when you're on your very first date, but if you're dating and you haven't had sex yet and it's pretty obvious that this is going in the sex direction, you need to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. You can avoid that, okay, it's uh, 1 o'clock in the morning and I have a meeting and I really have to go home and then all of a sudden she grabs your dick. Mm -hmm. Right? If you had had that conversation, she might have grabbed your dick at like 9 p.m. And you could have played with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really having clarity before you're having sex, you can avoid so many very uncomfortable situations. And I think it shows maturity. It shows responsibility. It, it's very sexy to be able to talk about those things that are a little uncomfortable. So remember that. And then remember that oftentimes when you are entering a new relationship, there's this excitement, but there's also like the bodies need to get used to one another. So don't put so much pressure on yourself for like, oh, I'm going to be able to perform in the bedroom. And because... It always takes some time for people to have their bodies that that start to really like connect in a deeper level. So maybe commit to having sex for more than once so that you don't feel so pressured to have an erection or maintain or last longer. Or maybe if you're women, like you don't feel so pressured that you have to be able to have an orgasm and have like mind-blowing sex. So these are really good points to bring up first to remove pressure, to remove performance anxiety, to approach a situation with curiosity. And you know, you're like, okay, what do you like? Who are you? Show me what you like. Gain like show and tell this is how I like to touch myself and then you can show the person and then they can try it on you you know like things like that are really fun think fun think games because that's going to help you to release the, the the pressure and the stress and create connection and intimacy absolutely and I would add to that too that if 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 you're in that stage of the relationship where you're just getting to know each other then there are definitely some basics that you have to cover in these conversations. Mm -hmm. So some of the basics are, do you want kids or not? Mm. How would you handle it if you didn't want kids, at least in that moment, and somebody were to become pregnant? Mm -hmm. uh, have you had STIs or STDs before? Do you get tested on a regular basis? Um, do you want to be monogamous in your sex life? Or poly in your sex life. What are your sexual preferences? What are your sexual preferences? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these things are important to know, especially in the beginning. You definitely don't want to end up down the road where you start to get really invested in a relationship mm -hmm. and then you find out that the other person is all about going to BDSM clubs and <laughs> you're like, what? Oh, no, not my, not my thing at all, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... 
So you have actually have a lot more questions you need to ask in the beginning because mm-hmm. you're getting to know somebody and yes. they're getting to know you. You're vetting each other, testing and seeing if that's a potential. Yeah. So let's say you pass the test and this has happened and now you are in a relationship and um, it might have been, you know, a few months, a couple years and um, you're noticing that sex is good. You love each other and there's a few things you want different. Mm-hmm. We have another good story for this one, too, because we were having dinner with some friends. Yes. Thanks for the inspiration <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> And of course, you know, when you, when you hang out with uh, us, you know, two people who talk about sex for a living, <laughs> sex will most likely come up at some point in the evening. Oh, yeah. It's not a successful evening if we haven't brought up anything sexual. Well, it's definitely your favorite topic. Oh, it is. We could yes. talk about all kinds of things, current events, whatever, and Celine's like, ah, yeah. bored. <laughs> but then the topic of sex comes up and she's, she's on it. I'm ready to go. She's engaged. <laughs> So, of course, we're talking about sex. And one of the things that came up in that conversation was that uh, in this particular couple, as a man and a woman, when they're done having sex, she likes to just kind of stay in the flow and the bliss of that post-sex euphoria. Mm -hmm. So uh, she doesn't really want to talk a lot. She doesn't want to get pulled back into her head, whereas he wants some feedback, like, how did that go? Did what I do work? And did it feel good? And should I do the same thing next time? Do you want something (laughs) different? And the interesting thing is about this situation is that I could completely uh, identify with both of those. So on her part, she's thinking that it took her so long to just get out of her head, you know, probably the first 20 to who knows, maybe even 40 Mm -hmm. minutes. I don't really know how long they have sex, but... (laughs) But probably the majority of the time of them having sex was just her trying to let go and get out of Mm -hmm. her head. So now here they are, sex is over, and there's all these questions and like forcing her to get in her head. So I completely understand how she doesn't want to go there. But then on his end, I totally understand where he's coming from too, because he's 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 a guy, right? And we're guys, like we we want to solve things and we want to fix things and we want to make sure that we did a good job, right? So we're like, you have the okay, manual there. Did you like the triple twist such and such <laughs> and you know blah 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 and like like we want feedback, like mm-hmm. okay, you know, um, especially if a guy and I don't know that this is necessarily his case, but. Um, you know, if a guy's a little bit unsure as to whether or not he's really that good or whether mm-hmm. or not she really liked it, like let's say uh, from our sexual mastery course where we teach all the signs and mm-hmm. symptoms to look for to see where a woman's at, let's just say maybe they don't possess those skills mm-hmm. and they're unsure. Mm-hmm. So they want to know this stuff. But the problem is, is it was causing a conflict, mm-hmm. right? Because she's like, no, I don't want to talk about this. And he's like, but I need, you know... And so our advice to them was there's a simple solution for a scenario like that, which is don't talk about it immediately after, right? Stay in the post uh, euphoria, go to sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they also had something else going on where the signs that she was giving him were hard for him to interpret. And she was doing certain things that he was saying, if I were to do this, it would mean I was bored. And she was like, well, when I do that, it means I'm getting into it. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit difficult. um, And that's something that you need to remember. So ask ask your partner and that the person's going to be different than you. If they're saying, when I 
I don't know, I'm really making it up, but um, when I scratch my nose, I'm getting close to having an orgasm. And you think, really? When I scratch my nose, it's uh, because my nose is itchy. Well, <laughs> or I'm bored. <laughs> or I'm bored. And so remember that for them, this is what it means. And so that's the tricky part to be like, yeah, I wouldn't do it this way, but this is the way my partner does it. So just start to know that. So asking somebody like... What are the signs? How can you let me know? Like, okay, if I, I don't know, if I yawn, if I scream, if I stretch, if I laugh, this means that, you know, and being okay with whatever answer they give you. Because if you're not okay with that and you're like, well, when I do this, that doesn't mean that. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters what they do. Yeah. And, you know, in, in our case... Yeah, and we do both. Sometimes we talk, mm-hmm. even during, but <laughs> but but sometimes we talk we talkers, afterwards. <laughs> sometimes we'll talk the next morning. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's kind of where the idea for this show came from, right? Was that our bedroom is the love lab because we would sit there and talk about, oh well, how did this go? And what you know, how did you feel when this happened? You know, we just this angle for you. It's yeah, pretty deep, we, right? We were, <laughs> We were dissecting and analyzing all of it. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but we weren't really doing it while having sex. We Sometimes we are. So, well, yeah, but full, dis- <laughs> full disclosure. But, but we thought it was sexy, so it was okay. Exactly, turns <laughs> out so that that works for yeah. us. But but in their case, mm-hmm. in their case, you you were you're totally right in that um, she had this um, uh, sign or, or or behavior where she would start to yawn. Now. I agree with him that for most people, they would think yawning is a sign of really being bored. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, there's nothing really happening here. But actually, that was not the case for her at all. In her case, um, she was just starting to relax from her day. And so that can happen. Like, mm-hmm. think about it. When at the, at the end of the day, you've had a long, busy day at work, you come home and you sit down and you start to finally decompress and relax, you will yawn. And so for her, it was all just about relaxing, which... And moving energy. She was saying when, when there's more energy, when I get more aroused and stuff, that like I, I yawn to move it. That could be too. Absolutely. But uh, we know that one of the keys to having great sex is to just relax. Mm-hmm. Right? So that actually was a positive sign, mm-hmm. but he was interpreting it as a negative sign. So... What do you do about that? Well, one of the things you do about that is you have conversations about this stuff, <laughs> right? If yeah. you're unsure, the next morning you say, hey, I noticed you were yawning. Were you tired or were you not into it or were you mm-hmm. just kind of de-stressing from the day? Like what was happening? Mm-hmm. And then she'll tell you. So when you have been in a relationship like that, things that are really important to remember is no matter how long you've been together, people change. People like different things. And especially women, we, what we wanted the day before may not be what we want the, the, the next day. What we wanted an hour ago could already be different. And so remembering to approach your partner with this curiosity, the same mind that you would approach a person that is just that you just knew are dating, right? So... If you remember that, you want to create space in your relationship to be able to talk about these things, not just when you're having sex. Maybe you, you know, you could schedule and if it's not on the schedule, it usually doesn't happen. So schedule it. Uh, It could be a date night and every first 
hour or half hour of date night, you guys talk about sexual stuff and things you want to try or fantasy you've had or things you'd like to do differently. So you know there's like, or 10 minutes, whatever it is, there's a, there's a time frame that's set to talk about this. Maybe it's just every Saturday morning because that's, that's you know, you both don't work over the weekend and it's a good time because you can lounge in bed. I mean, find times, but make that particular time as a, as something to explore and even just be, like it doesn't have to be it please don't make it about blaming and criticizing or anything like that it could even be about all the great things that have happened or all the great times you've been having sex i mean who doesn't like to be praised for how awesome the sex was the other night like it doesn't matter you could be praised a hundred times about it you would be like yeah give me some more oh yeah Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so remember that when it comes to how and when to talk about sex, make sex appointments to talk about it. If you like us and you love and it gets it's a turn on to talk about it during, and it's not always the case, but sometimes it is, give yourself permission to talk about it, but make sure you don't fall into just like then the headspace and then you're stuck and then you're like, oh, I'm not really into the experience. Yeah, and you know, when it comes to talking about sex, I think one of the things that would make it so much easier is making it fun or sexy or turn on to talk about Mm -hmm. sex. And I know for so many people, it's just not. Mm -hmm. For so, so many couples, it's kind of painful. It's It's something they dread. It's the talk. It's like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation. Oh, it's going to not go good. Like, Mm -hmm. this is how a lot of people approach it. And I would love... If, if people could kind of turn that around a little bit and turn it into something that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can create your own games. Oh my God, what was the game we did? Um, was it like Pancake or something like this? I invented a game the other night. Do you remember? We were, we were bored. You invent a lot of games. Oh, <laughs> it was like we were doing something about like doing different positions. How many ways can we touch each other? And then we were like... Uh, touching in different oh, positions. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? It was, it was, it was kind of, uh, uh, yeah, it was a version of like sort of naked twister. <laughs> it was pretzel. That's pretzel, was. yeah, not pancake, pretzel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, For, I was like, how, how many ways can we pretzels? And we would take turns to pretzel each other and be all over each other uh, in different variations. We were, of course, naked in bed. Um, and of course, that led to something fun. <laughs> but it was funny because we were trying to do different positions, different ways of touching each other, and and we just ended up laughing. And from the laughter came the connection, the connection came the great sex. And so it does. It's it's something really silly. I made up a silly name, pretzel. And I said let's play let's play pretzel. You can make up a game of like let's share complete like sexual fantasies. Um, and it doesn't have to be something you even really want to have happen, but what turns you on in your head? Like you can make so many different guidelines. You can play animals where you're like growling at each other and like, like getting all like, there's no more talk, but there's just sound. <laughs> you can dance for each other. You can move. I mean, there are so many ways. Uh, just allow yourself to be creative. The more creative, the more sexual energy you will feel. Yeah, and, you know, the topic here isn't necessarily, like, how to build sexual energy, per se. We've got some episodes on that, so there's way more, if you dig back into the archive there, about uh, creating intimacy and constant state of arousal and all that kind of stuff. Um, But the idea is just try to make 
having a conversation about it normal and fun. So mm-hmm. it's not something that you dread. It's not something that's going to be stressful. Like, hey, yeah, let's talk about our sex. Yeah. I mean, you talk about your schedule. You talk about your kids. Some people talk about their poop. So, I mean, come on, just talk <laughs> about sex. <laughs> give, totally. give the sex report. Might as well talk about something fun. Right. <laughs> So let's go to our third scenario here where um, you used to have sex. You know, you've been together for quite a few years now. You're out of that honeymoon phase and uh, you're realizing that, um, yeah, you got to remember the last time you had sex. Or worse, like my client the other day, um, he had, had, they had had sex three times in 10 years. That's, yep. that's, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here where it's definitely been a long stretch. So anything where you go like... Long stretches, even if it's just six weeks. To me, six weeks is a really long stretch, you know, of like not having sex. Anytime you have a stop in the activity, in the sexual activity. So what do you do? How do you deal with that? Yeah. And, you know, you'll notice that there are a lot of things that are similar no matter what stage you're Mm -hmm. in, right? There's a lot of communication techniques and things that are similar, but there are differences too. And I think one of the key differences when you're in this situation is to not go into blame, Mm -hmm. right? Because... A lot of resentment can build up if one person wants to have sex and the other mm-hmm. one doesn't. And you've had sex three times in 10 years. Like there's, there could be a lot of resentment there. Mm-hmm. So the idea is when you have a conversation about this, you don't go into blame and shame. It's not like, well, you don't ever want to because you this and you that and blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. That is the worst thing to do to get what you want, which is more sex, more intimacy, more connection. Mm-hmm. So avoid going into that blame and shame and just talk about very honestly, what your needs are. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully you still have the love. Hopefully this is just, you know, because all couples go through like drier spells or rougher patches this time where it's just not the same and you have to course correct. And we'll tell you more about that in a little bit. Um, but um, yeah, take responsibility. Take responsibility for the fact that you haven't showed up really for your partner, that you've been allowing life to uh, take over. You've been so stressed, or distracted, you've been exhausted, you've been like, whatever it is, make a commitment. So it always starts with that communication piece, communication where you are taking responsibility. Some of the strategies that I use when I work with couples, and I'm going to throw a few out there, uh, and I want to say if that's you and you are in this, in this type of a scenario, I highly recommend getting some support because it took a long time to get to where you are, other to this dry land of sex. And uh, having a third person can help you see perspective differently and, and, and just like get out of it quicker. Okay, Um, but some of the ideas are that if if you haven't had sex in so long, like bring back the connection, bring back the touch, but take away the sex. And this is something you're like, what what are you talking about? Celine? you're saying like to take away the sex if we haven't had sex. One thing that I well, that should be easy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised when you tell people they can't have sex anymore, but they have to touch when you can't have something you want it. There's something that happens in the brain. And so people start to like think about it, but I can't have it. And they start to become more creative and touching in connecting, in building the energy. And of course, there's only a time frame. Maybe it's just for a month, you know, or like it's for three weeks or for a week, whatever it is. But become more creative. How can you make love without like penis and vagina or touching each other's genitals and like get that creativity going again? 
Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, it takes the stress off, right? Because it especially does. if you haven't had sex in a long time, all of a sudden you're feeling maybe a little stressed, like, uh, uh, do I even know how anymore? Mm-hmm. Is it even going to work? <laughs> like, and you want to focus on um, the love. Because oftentimes it's like you're emotionally feeling drained. You may not be feeling loved anymore. And your bank account in terms of like the intimacy is like so depleted. And I'm like, focus on each other's love language. Focus on speaking each other's love language. Focus on creating time together that cultivate the relationship and bring the relationship back into the um awareness because we always say relationships are like plants you can't just not water them they will wither and die so you have to constantly do a little bit of feeding and watering and if you start to bring that into the awareness things will change absolutely yeah and we'll talk about uh, what we're doing for us what do you want to listen to next week? Because <laughs> that's we... that's true. Next week is drum roll, please. <laughs> the thirty day sex challenge. Like we said, everybody goes through times where they're like, "Hmm, sex may not be as good or as often." That was us a month ago, and we decided to take on a challenge for you to report to all our listeners. Yes, we take. The lab very, very seriously. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we noticed is we were working a lot and mm-hmm. therefore we weren't having sex as frequently and the quality wasn't as good as it once was. So uh, we had a very candid conversation about that. And one of the things that we decided to do to change that, to shift that, was to do a 30-day sex challenge. So we will explain, of course, exactly what that means in the next episode. But so far, it has been awesome and fun and funny and everything. So you want to listen to next week's episode. And um, until then, put into, put into place all the advice which is shared with you. Remember to talk about sex to make it fun and enjoy it fully. Yes. All right. That's all the time we have for this episode. And we will see you next, next week. week. <laughs> We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.